Welcome to the MRX Influencers Podcast, where you come for the insights, but stay for the good times. I'm Dan Fleetwood, and on this podcast, I chat with the best and brightest minds in the research space. On this episode, I chat with Stephen Krauss, CEO of Next Level Sciences, and also the Executive Director at Market Research Institute International. We talk about market research trends, things going on in the industry, and I always enjoy my conversations with Steve. And I hope you will as well. Hey, Crystal, welcome back. I know it's been so long. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. You know, we got we got lots of things happening. Yeah, we got an exciting show today. Lots of things happening in the Question Pro universe as well. So there's lots of announcements. We have Stephen Krauss coming on Ooh, recently. Appointed executive director at MRII. So that'll be exciting. And we have some interesting data points, actually, that we ran. So stay tuned for that at the end of the show. Ooh, that's exciting. I hope, I you're, not, <laughs> I hope you're not using all those random ones I ran the other day. No, no. <laughs> we can vote for another time, you know. So, yeah. uh, if you ever wonder what we do in our free time, we run polls for fun. That's what we do. Just interesting <laughs> questions, you know, random things. It's fun. It's a fun channel to, you know, be a part of on flat. So. <laughs> well, let's, how about we bring in the man of the hour here? Yeah. Hey, Stephen Krauss, welcome back to the show. Hey, Dan, Crystal, how are you guys doing? I'm doing awesome. Doing well. <laughs> okay. Well, good deal. Well, let's talk about our topic for the day, education and training in yeah. market research and insights field. And it's easy for me to think about from a personal level because I have none. I have like, no, I never took a formal course, whether in college or elsewhere. You know, my background was in social psychology and the social mm -hmm. sciences. Right. And in some ways, I mean, that was really relevant because what you learn in the social sciences is, you know, how do you, you know, formulate a problem, develop a hypothesis? How do you figure out how, how to measure those things and operationalize those things and then collect data and analyze data and then use that data to go back and try to answer your original question. So right. that whole process of science is what happens in market research. But I've, I've never actually taken a, a formal course or formal kind of training. How about you, Dan? Have, have you taken like formal coursework? There's a, a little bit of a preface to this. So in college, I got a degree in marketing. I remember taking one research type class that wasn't super in depth. And then I kind of got an internship at a research firm in the Seattle area. And, you know, the rest is history, I guess, as they say. The only course that I have taken is the University of Georgia Principles of Marketing Research course, okay. which, of course, of course, you know. But that was after the fact. That was after I stumbled into research. I think pretty commonly, you don't hear a lot of people, at least in the States, I know we were talking about this recently, yeah. too. You don't hear a lot of people in the States setting out for a career in, like, market research world, right? Not as much as you do overseas and in Europe and so forth. I know you yeah. brought this up to me, Stephen. It's actually a really good point. So yeah, maybe elaborate right. on that a little bit. Well, there go. We, we've learned something, so we can just call it quits. For oh, you. there there we go. <laughs> we've got we've learned something, so that's uh, good. <laughs> but you're, you're absolutely right. I think most people in the research and insights business here in the States, like me, like you, just sort of stumbled into the field. Yeah. Whereas overseas, it's kind of a different process. And you know, it, it's much more common in other countries for people to intentionally go into the research and insights field 
And so they then may take formal coursework in college or yeah. then, you know, early in their career, they may take some formal classes. Like you mentioned, the principles of market research, which is kind of a joint effort between MRII, where I am, and the University of Georgia, who also has a very famous Master's of Market Research program. And there are other kinds of courses out there like that. Yeah, so it, it's an interesting distinction between the U.S. and, and international in that way. Right. At least yeah. Dan, I was going to say, at least Dan remembers taking his. I also got a degree in marketing, took a market research course, found the book maybe a month ago, and was like, Dan, I did this. <laughs> well, and it's interesting when, when you look at a lot of textbooks, I mean, what they cover is so abstract mm-hmm. that it's you would never actually face in real life. You know, a lot of them talk, right. well, let's talk about the different kinds of you know, scales and ordinal scales and and ratio scales and stuff like that. And, you know, it's just sort of such abstract statistical stuff. It's not the stuff you would really encounter in real. <laughs> no, it's, it's true. It's true. Isn't that all um, college? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what, what's funny yeah. is like, you know, in college, you're like, write, write an eight to 10 page paper and like, okay, you do that. And then you get to, you get to work, you know, the work life and it's, hey, give me these insights as fast as possible. I don't have time to read a 10 page paper, you know, so. It's kind of interesting that they train you for that, yet the reality is something different. So that's kind of interesting to me. Yeah. And I think so much of the training and education that happens in market research is just you just learn it on the job. Yeah. How about at at Question Pro when you bring in new people and you've got kind of a certification program? Do you have formal training and education? Yeah. So when we bring in new people, there's we have a training, you know, uh, I would say a training program designed for Question Pro and market research in general. I think largely what we've been doing lately is trying to find people that already have some of that research experience because it makes life so much easier, I think, and just as long as they have a good knowledge. So I think, you know, Crystal now has, has this great knowledge of research, so she's, she's been able to build that up. But that's something that we look for. And then, of course, you know, they, they can do trainings and things if there's areas of specialties that they want to get into. We also have a learning budget that we give people. So if they want to go learn something new, they can do that. It's not necessarily just for research. Of course, that's something that can be used for. I know others are using it for like calligraphy lessons or guitar lessons or Mm. master's classes, but that's part of it. And then I think trying to get people to have, you know, at least a baseline knowledge of, of research is something that's interesting. So we don't have to do a ton of training, but we've developed some in-house courses that, obviously taken through question pro and then by proxy they learn some of the different research certifications but i know when i first got started and i took some classes from the university of georgia and an mri it gave me a great baseline knowledge even though i was in the field like yeah i think like you said Stephen, there's so much of it is like learning on the job and but it's always it's good to have this like baseline knowledge so at least you somewhat know what you're talking about so you're not always you know, kind of faking it till you make it, so to speak. But yeah, <laughs> I think that's more like the MRI and what you guys are doing. And also other associations, I think, really, really help out in this space. Yeah, you know, one of the things that we talk about at MRI is we call it, you know, the MRC box, the market research core body of knowledge. We're trying mm-hmm. to take okay. the whole field and systematize all of the things that you would want to learn if you were right. going to be a professional in the field. And it's, it's useful for individuals. It's also really useful for, say, you know, global research corporations that want to level set 
everybody in the company around the world about here are the skills, here's how we think about qual and quant and new oh. data collection, all of that. Exactly. Kind of yeah. Yeah. I um, wish companies would do that for literally every department. <laughs> it's especially for these big global companies, a lot of which grow by merger and acquisition. And so right. they, they grow by, you know, buying, you know, the local research firms here and there. How mm-hmm. do they put them all on the same page and create some mm-hmm. some global organization and systems is, is really important. Right. And yeah. I think there are some, you know, with MRI and then there's some other, the, the agent, the associations, I should say, like, you know, CASR or it used to be CASR or MRA, and now it's Insights Association, right. SMR and so forth. I think all of these, and of course, APOR as well, like help with, you know, creating this, some at least some set of standards. I know. See, when we kind of talked about, like, why don't people want to get certified in, in market research? And I think there's, there's interesting, if you look at, if you're a project manager, right, in other fields, like, you're going to get the project mm-hmm. management professional certification or these other, like, like yeah. you, you say, if you're, you know, if you're a developer, then you'll get certified on that. But do you have an idea, of, like, what do you see as, like, the sort of the barrier to the certification? Is it mm-hmm. education, awareness? Do we need to just come together and say this is the standard or? What are some of your thoughts there? Yeah, I think part of it is just there's there's not enough awareness in the field that there that there are certifications. You know, like you were saying, there are some fields where if you're in project management, well, you know what, every employer is going to look for that certification. Right. Or if you're an analyst and you want to really demonstrate on your resume that you're an expert in R or Python, you know, mm-hmm. those those kinds of certifications are are really common and kind of expected on the resume. Yeah. And I think in market research, you know, especially here in the States, because so many people sort of stumble into the field, there's not as much awareness, and as much striving for those kinds of certifications. Okay. It's a little bit different in some of the other countries. If you go to, you know, the UK, you know, they have kind of a, a strong certification culture over there, you might say, in market research. Right. But it's, a, it's a little different here. And also just, you know, as you mentioned, you know, associations were historically an important way for people to get education and get engaged in the field. Mm-hmm. And they've struggled a little bit. As you mentioned, you know, you know, you can look at the, the Insights Association, which was, you know, created as, as a result of a merger. You know, part of that is also the changes going on in market research. It's not yeah. so much just survey research. It's gotten so much broader now. Mm-hmm. So the industry is kind of still figuring that out. I also think there might be kind of a generational difference when it comes to associations that, you know, you know, younger people in the field may just not resonate as much to mm-hmm. the notion of associations. Right. Um, you know, there's, I agree I, with that. <laughs> yeah, has that been your experience as well, Crystal? I mean, it's more because why join, why pay money to an organization where I have to like do X, Y, and Z when I literally could probably just Google it. And (laughs) that is like the it's the access to information. So access to information is so much more at our fingertips, or at least in our brains, it's at our fingertips because that's the way our whole like those Google analytics. I have you know Google Analytics certifications, marketing certifications. They're all things that I just like found online from trusted sources, and we're able to execute at my own time, at my own pace, and relatively at low cost. True. Yeah, I think I think it's a little bit that's definitely that like the access information. Mm-hmm. But I would think that's a little bit of a trap because you may not be getting the full like gamut or everything that you need. Right. So well, and then it you don't have consistency, like what Stephen's saying yeah, right? Exactly. is not is I even have to, you know, 
be careful of that when we're hiring for marketing. It's like, okay, well, you say you have, you can do all these things and you have these certifications, but have you actually done them? What were the outcomes? And you have to dig into it a lot more because it's kind of that DIY certification. But, Mm -hmm. and that's where I think probably the younger generations of market researchers who are probably finding, getting into it because they have a use case or they have a need, not because they're interested in market research. Right, right. That makes sense. That makes sense. I know when I look at resumes and if I see that people have taken coursework in market research or they've taken some certifications from MRII or other places, it definitely draws me to that because Mm -hmm. it helps reduce the risk that if I'm hiring someone, the risk is lower. At least I know they have at least some good baseline knowledge, whereas even someone that has worked somewhere for a year, I don't know. I mean, they could have manage projects and done these things but you don't know how good that was so at least it helps reduce the risk risk there at least in my mind yeah and it shows that there's someone who is is going to put that effort into their career to learn and get educated in kind of this formal way and that's another part of kind of the risk reduction that comes along when you're hiring that you know not, not only have they taken the course and they've shown that they've mastered those skills but they actually cared enough to do it and to you know, put that level of effort into their own professional growth. Mm-hmm. Right. No, I think that that's an interesting point. And then what about in students, Stephen? Do you see students getting certified? What sort of, do you see any trends there? I know yeah. we talked about that the younger people are kind of a little bit resistant to associations, <laughs> but I think, I think there's still a, some segment that do want to get certified, right? And that Is your course on TikTok? Uh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> I've actually thought about doing some MRII TikToks. I do, you know, I've, I've got a teenage son, so I see way more TikToks than anyone really should. <laughs> so Stephen, you got to admit when somebody, when he says like, hey, dad, do you want to see this TikTok? And you say, no, I don't want to see it. And then he shows it to you anyway. You probably laugh, right? So, <laughs> TikTok is addictive, I have to say. Yeah. And I've been working on my dance moves, so it'll be like a combination. <laughs> Combination market research dance TikTok channel that um, all right. I'm sure all the kids will be into. One of a um, kind, Stephen. That's yeah. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta find those unique content hooks, man. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I, it's I don't want to brag, but it's going to be so good it could be career ending for me. That's, <laughs> that's how good it could be. Um, yeah, but you mentioned a lot. You know, early career professionals and students. You know, they may not resonate to the notion of associations. I think even historically associations have been a little bit more catered toward more advanced career professionals. Mm -hmm. But I think also there's just kind of the generational differences now of, you know, younger people being a little bit more individualistic, a little bit more DIY with getting their own skills. So they may not resonate so much to associations, but but young people do resonate to the idea of getting a job. And so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there are so many people, you know, like me when I was a student, you know, I came out with a degree in social psychology and all I knew was academics and teaching. And everybody in my family had been a teacher. I used to joke that I was 16 before I realized most people had to work in the summer. But, you know, I, I didn't know anything about this world right. of market research. And I, I didn't really understand, oh, you know, my skills could translate really well. And I think that a lot of students coming out of today with degrees, uh, graduate or undergraduate in psychology or the social sciences, mm-hmm. you know, graduate and they're like, well, now what do I do? You know, I don't really have any formal business training. What do I do with my skills? So we actually find on our website, MRII.org, where people can learn about these kinds of courses, that every year traffic to our website peaks in April and May. 
that's when students are graduating. Wow. They're like, what am I going to do? You know, I've got some research skills. How do I apply them? How do I get a job? So, you know, at, at MRII, we do a lot of, you know, training and core research skills, mm-hmm. but we're actually looking to also really beef up our content in professional development and helping these students understand, you know, how can they get into this field? How can they grow their careers? And I think that's very much resonating with students who kind of have that, you know, self-sufficient, how do I improve my career, improve my skills kind of measure. Because I think a real misconstrued idea is that, yes, younger generations are more, you know, individualistic, but that they still find value in mentorship. And I think that that is where organizations have really not maybe, you know, it's like, oh, we'll pay for this class. But then it's like, if you get through the class and you still don't understand it, you don't have anyone with you in that org to kind of like mentor you through it. And so that's, I think, kind of where the gap is, is like, yes, we may not want to be in an organized, like in a club, (laughs) but that doesn't mean that you don't want to like walk side by side with somebody or at least have people there to like support your career, you know, aspirations. Yeah, I think that's a great point, whether it's it's mentorship or or just helping people network. I mean, there have mm-hmm. been a lot of studies about how people get jobs and by and large, people get jobs through connections. Yeah. And, you know, I've seen that with the students that I teach at University of San Francisco or, you know, graduate students. And, and I always tell them, you know, what, when you start to apply for internships and start to apply for jobs, yeah, you can you can send your resume into the website and you'll be one of hundreds of resumes going in. And the first cut is going to be, you know, they're going to run that resume through an applicant tracking system. So so, so the bots will be the first one to see your resume. And then if a person sees it, you're lucky if they're going to get 30 seconds on it. Yep. So, you know, the connections you make, the mentoring, mm-hmm. you know, and I've tried to, you know, and I've been somewhat successful in getting my students jobs. And so I'll reach out to, you know, previous colleagues. Hey, I've got these great students, you know, these would be great for an internship. And my colleagues are so happy to hear that because they're like, you know, I got 150 resumes. Just just tell me who I should hire. You know, you know, narrow narrow it down to three. (laughs) And that kind of mentorship and career development, I think that's maybe more the future of associations and the benefit of these Mm -hmm. kinds of certifications. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I mean, if someone could just say, hey, I got this person, you know, they're good. And you know, you can vouch for them. That would save me so much time. And, if you, uh, you know, it'd be great, actually. Literally, as somebody who was looking through resumes yesterday, I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> How many resumes do you get for a marketing job, Crystal? I'm sitting on 180 right now. And I had the job. I've had the job open 10 days. Mm-hmm. Wow. 180. <laughs> That is crazy. And, and, you know, there's a lot of talk now with things opening up post vaccine that there's going to be a lot of job switching because, you know, people mm-hmm. you know, who've had jobs over the last year have been hunkered down and, and, you know, are risk averse and didn't want to take a chance. And now right. things right. are going to open up. So it's, it's not only students coming out, there's going to be more, you know, of, you know, job switching going on. And that, that's going to put another premium on the kind of mentorship and connections that, that you were talking about. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I, I think, that brings me to actually a good segue into my next kind of question for you, Stephen, is, you know, with the pandemic, I think qualitative research, especially online qualitative, pushed a lot of people into that, right? Whether they wanted to or not, some mm-hmm. kicking and screaming, some, yeah, I want to try it out. I'm, I'm happy to do it, right? So does MRI have specific courses for different avenues or is it one size fits all? How does that work? 
Yeah. So the core of what we offer is 13 individual courses, and you could take any one of those courses individually, or you could do what you did, which is basically take them all, which is what we call our principles of market research class. Mm -hmm. So each of these 13 classes might be eight to 12 hours of content. It's all online. It's videos. It's from industry experts. So it's great stuff. I think, you know, one of the lasting effects of the pandemic is going to be that you know, so many people view the world in a global way that they mm-hmm. didn't before. You know, if you think about about conferences, it used to be, oh, well, you know, it's going to be in this specific place. So, you know, we've got to, you know, find out how do we get people to go to that place? Yeah. And now, you know, so many conferences have a global perspective. And I think it's the same kind of thing with, with education. We've gotten a lot of interest from countries all around the world. But, you know, just to have kind of that sort of really solid you know, industry expertise in the form of these online courses is something that's really, it's shown a lot of growth. So it's exciting. Yeah, well, that's amazing. That's really cool. I like that. And the fact that you can either do a la carte or you can do the full meal deal, so to speak, I think is really, really cool. Yeah, I think we might actually change our principles of market research course to be the full meal deal. Because hey, uh, I, I like that. <laughs> but yeah, you can go in, you could just take a course on qualitative or, or survey research design, yeah. or we've got a collection of analytics courses. And you can also sort of buy a mini bundle. So be like, you know, the, the mini meal deal. Oh, yeah, uh, like, so, you yeah. know, we've got a collection of analytics courses and yeah. you can buy a bundle of three of those. We call it analytics one, two, three. So for people who just want to specialize in that. And actually, if you look at it, and then we partner with many of the industry associations out there. So like the insights associations that offers different levels of certification, you can take our classes as part of your work toward those certifications. And and again, they have different ones. They have have qualitative, they have an analytics one, in addition Mm -hmm. to kind of their full meal deal, which is they call IPC insights professional certification. You're going to start saying that, Stephen. The full meal deal. <laughs> the full meal deal. I knew my mother was going to be with at some point. You know? <laughs> Guys, we As, don't need more dad jokes in the world. For of course you need. <laughs> you want to, I, can, I can tell you a dad joke if you want to hear one. Oh, let's hear it. Do you know when does a joke become a dad joke? When? When it becomes apparent. Ooh. <laughs> Wow. That's a, my life very difficult. <laughs> that's a dad joke to the extreme. I know, yeah. right? So I told I think, you. I told I think you. I think I'm going to have to lead with that on my TikTok channel. <laughs> <laughs> I would I recommend doing the opposite of that. Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so, funny. right. Anything else, Stephen, that we should cover today? I know talked a lot about the certifications, the courses. I think it's super interesting. Go what, MRII.org. That's the best way to kind of check out what what you yeah. guys offer and what you guys are doing. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, folks can reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'd be happy to talk with folks more. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you're interested in training and education and market research, a lot of people buy the courses individually for themselves, but we also work with a lot of people who, who run smaller companies who right. want to put their whole company through the trainings. And then we work with a lot of the big multinational research firms. We might work with the people in HR or training to bring in training programs for a whole division of people. So it's great stuff. Awesome. Perfect. Hey, Stephen, thanks for coming on the show. Always a pleasure. We had laughs and we learned something new. So every time. I, uh, I always enjoy it. I'm looking forward to coming back after the government releases its UFO report. I hey, know we're you're going to be honest. Yeah, you're going to have to come back on for sure. <laughs> okay, definitely. <laughs> all right. Definitely. We'll talk to you then. Bye, Stephen. Have a great right, one. Thanks, Stephen. Take Appreciate care, guys. It.
really, really good. I just have, let's go over a few data points and then, then we can get back to our day here. But I wanted yeah. to, there's some interesting data points that we have that actually Tim put this together using, I believe, one of our panels that we have and wanted to go over this. So this is all about different things going on in the world today in the news. So this question was, according to the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, employers can require employees to be vaccinated. Do you agree with this? I mean, overwhelming 73, 74% said yes. So I think that, that's kind of interesting to me that it was that high. Mm -hmm. I don't know, what do you think, Crystal? Do you think it should be that employers can require this? Oh, I would say it also depends on your job. I mean, like if you're working in an office like us and you can be distributed and you can get just as much done in person, then maybe, maybe not. But if you're a frontline worker, if you're working in a hospital, if you're working with high risk individuals, or if you just don't want to risk your weight or your staff coming down ill and then being short set. I mean, this is a complicated issue that yeah. I frankly, like don't necessarily have a probably a strong opinion on. Yeah. The only thing I would say is like, if it's a stance of, Hey, come back to the office, we want you to be vaccinated at that point. Mm -hmm. That might be the only thing I kind of agree with the, the 75%. Yeah. Here, I mean, and I feel like definitely feel more comfortable when I'm out at a restaurant and I feel so bad. Like, I'm like, I'm vaccinated. I really hope you are. Like, I'm just, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be the person that kills the old lady. I know. I know. That's true. That's true. <laughs> All right. Well, jumping into more fun here. So the U.S. inflation rate jumps to 5%, highest since 2008. Are you concerned? So overwhelming majority here, almost 80% say that they're concerned. I think we all should be a little bit concerned here, but kind of interesting point there that it was that high, I thought. Yeah. Eric, our COO and I were just talking about inflation yesterday on our one-on-one. -on -one. I know it's something you never really would talk about, but it's there. Like typically it's around what, 4% year over year and now 5%. That's a, that's a pretty big change. That is. This one is, do you wear a mask in public? So 81% of people still wear a mask in public. Maybe some of it's mandated, maybe some of it's not. Mm -hmm. I know what's interesting is I'm, you know, fully vaccinated. And even when I go to Costco, I still tend to put on the mask. I think it's, I don't know, it's interesting. It's like habit at this point, I think a little bit. Yeah. And, then, and then I'm like, well, it doesn't really bother me if, to wear it for an hour or two. And if, it, if it's what you got to do, it's what you got to do, you know? And it depends on where you're at in the country. I was out in Oregon for Memorial Day weekend and they were mm. still at like 25% capacity because everything's so indoors there just because it rains all the time. And so I definitely think it depends on where you are. But, mm. you know, in this, like here in Texas, I was out to dinner last night. None of the wait staff had their mask on and we were yeah. just like living our best lives. Yeah. Relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> I know it really depends on where you're at, I think, right? So. Yeah, that's interesting, though. Oh, no, this is a sad question. When returning back to school after Zoom school, I like the term Zoom school. That's that's pretty interesting. Do you feel children feel like they were left behind or do you feel your children were like left behind? Yeah. So, yes, you know, 45% oh. said this. Of course, 30% didn't have children and then no. So, that does happen. Yeah. But even, <laughs> you know... I mean, you. I know you have kids in middle school. Yeah, my oh, they were they were in second and sixth grade last year, so moving up to third and yeah. seventh grade. But they did virtual school all year, and I don't know if they were left behind, but definitely, I think it had more of an effect on 
my younger daughter than my older daughter, I think. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of, I feel like he, given the curriculum and things, I felt like they needed more of that interaction with other students and teachers. But I don't know that they're left behind, I think. I think it's going to be, no. frankly, this is like such a market research thing to say. It's going to be interesting to study this from this generation of kids as they yep. graduate and seeing how they score, how they place in college and how they move forward. It's going to be a fascinating like 10 year study, frankly. It will. It will. This is yeah, you <laughs> buckle up for the long haul here because it's I going know. to be interesting. Yeah, it'll be super interesting. Like. The Zoom years, you know, maybe you we'll know, there's like it. some market researcher somewhere that's like, oh, I got my project for the next ten years. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, there's, there's definitely funding and everything going after this. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. So, would you like to know if someone is vaccinated, so you can, you know, know how to deal with those interactions, like <laughs> handshakes, please stay six feet back, hugs, you know? So, I think it would be nice to know somehow, but I don't know how you do it without being, being overly weird. <laughs> <laughs> and or, you know, at some point it is with the access to the vaccines. It is. Is it the people who don't get vaccinated? Is that their own risk? Like, are yes. they entering the world at their own risk? And is that risk on you or on them? And that's really more of a you should have like these these sprinkle in these complicated questions. <laughs> I know. This is all, this is all Tim, though. Tim, Tim has a, the knack for these these interesting questions. So. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, the data shows that people would like to know, but there is kind of a weird, I would say, connotation around, you know, being able to just like, you don't want to treat people differently, technically. Yeah, no, that's true. It's true. It's interesting debate, interesting discussion for sure. Of, <laughs> hey, that's what we do here. You know, we give you we give you the data. You can formulate your own opinions about sprinkle, it. We just give you a little sprinkle in. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, Crystal, hey, thanks so much for joining me today. It was okay. a fun it's a good time. And it was. What are we talking about next week? Do we know yet? Next week is a little bit up in the air. I got a couple different mm -hmm. options. So I stay tuned it. for early next week and you'll know more about what's coming up. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. Have a good rest of your day. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the MRX Influencers Podcast. If you want more information about Question Pro, go to questionpro.com. If you want to follow me, feel free to do so on LinkedIn or Twitter. Until next time, we'll see you later.